I know we always do this uh, like a real somber thing, but uh, there is a birthday today, and so it's only right that we would sing happy birthday. Is there more than one? All right, Mrs. Beavers, you need to stand, and uh, we'll start, and then we'll get real somber afterwards because we're not going to ask her her age, right? All right, here we go. Let's all stand. Uh, Brother Steve, would you uh, open us for a prayer, please? Father, we thank you for this time we have. In our hearts, Father, thank you for this time we have. I direct this first. Amen. Let's all take our hymnals and turn on hymnal 441. Great is thy faithfulness. 
So as we start tonight, uh, we're going to shift gears, start a little different than we normally do. Uh, over the last month and a half or so, um, Daniel Redman has been visiting our church and uh, had an opportunity to visit with him Sunday afternoon about joining church. Brother Daniel, would you mind standing? And Brother Daniel comes, is saved, got saved nine years old, been baptized Baptist Church and like to be a member here, and uh, I thought it'd be good for him to go ahead and get his membership out of the way so he could enjoy tonight with us also. And so uh, I need um, uh, all in favor of taking him into our church. Good hearty amen. amen. Anyone opposed? All right, and Sunday we'll have the handshake in time. Thank you, Brother Daniel. I'm excited about it. I went to school with an uncle of his, and uh, it's just kind of neat. He's raised independent Baptist, comes from a, a bigger church here in town uh, that uh, is just different in some of its teachings. So there you go. Uh, if you would also be praying for Brother Russ Lyons. He had been in the hospital on Monday visiting an uncle of his who was the one actually in the hospital. And um, then they diagnosed the uncle with COVID. And so he's staying at home. Uh, laying low and hoping he doesn't get any of that junk. And then uh, Henry Tracy uh, ended up with a scratch that has become infected, and so they've got him on medication and stuff. And so uh, Mrs. Tracy and the boys are at home tonight. So if you would just pray uh, for Henry, get all healed up, everything go great there, that would be a blessing. If you would take your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to look at uh, the last verses of uh, this chapter here tonight. First Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to begin reading verse number 23, please follow along. As I read, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye eat it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order 
when I come. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for the opportunity tonight, uh, the joy and the privilege as ours to be able to come together to observe and to remember uh, the death of our Lord and Savior and the great purchase that was made at the cross of Calvary, that being our eternal salvation. Lord, as we partake of the Lord's Supper tonight, we do it as a memorial, a remembrance, as uh, was established in the church. I pray that uh, we would be open and receptive to your word tonight, that we would respond to it, that we would follow it, as you have given us a clear guideline as how we are to act and partake of this, your Lord's Supper. We thank you for the time together tonight. We pray you would be honored and glorified through it. We love you. We ask these things, your blessed name. Amen. And so uh, I've entitled this, Remembering the Lord's Supper. And it does us good to stop and to remember as we break this portion of Scripture down tonight, the first thing we notice is the sharing. Verses 23 through 26. The same night of the Lord's betrayal, we have the first observance of the Lord's Supper. And so Jesus had gone into uh, Jerusalem. They had gotten the upper room. And as they were eating and observing the Passover, then Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper with his disciples. Um, and uh, so we... Uh, see him establish that there, and he establishes uh, how they are to observe it and how it is to be followed. The one who is to betray our Lord is there. I always kind of find that interesting, and uh, undoubtedly he partook of that, although he was unworthy uh, to be able to do so. Um, he may not have totally made up his mind yet. Maybe he's still battling back and forth. Uh, but uh, he is there in the midst. And uh, he may even have been jealous to having watched people respond to Jesus uh, all the times that they had been out and now uh, to watch the uh, disciples partake of the, uh, of the Passover, uh, that jealousy might have even been building in his own heart. And uh, he felt like this was something that needed to be done. And so he had his own way of justifying this. Now, it's interesting that Judas is who we are talking about. He's the keeper of the purse. It's interesting that as the treasurer, he controlled the money. And it's interesting to me that he betrays our Lord for money. Uh, you know, money just really controlled him. And I think, of course, we could just go on and on about how we shouldn't let stuff and money control our lives and our living. Uh, I think we need enough to live, but it should never become a God in our life. This portion of Scripture records for us that Jesus took the bread. Now, I've, you know, I, I've got this active imagination, and so um, I, I can't help but see the Lord take the bread and begin to talk about how his body was going to be broken as he would take the bread and break it there what a wonderful thing it must have been to be able to be a part of that, to be able to sit there. The sad part is that the disciples never grasp exactly what Jesus is telling them. He's telling them that, hey, my body's going to be broken. Basically, he's saying, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my life here in just a little bit. And, and they never caught it. 
it, even after they experience the ordeal, they don't really grasp what has happened. But Jesus takes the bread, he breaks it, he hands it out, and he tells them to take eat, because this is my broken body. And then he takes the cup in his hand, and he takes uh, the, and he pours it out, and he says, this is the blood that is shed for the remission of sins. And as he takes these two elements, he's the ultimate teacher. He instructs them that he, uh, he is represented by these two elements, and yet they don't get the picture. They don't fully understand. They don't understand that Jesus' body is about to be bruised and broken for their sins. And I can't help but at this point remember back to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 3 through verses 12. And it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors, that his life's blood is about to flow and ebb from his body, for the not only their sins, but for the sins of all mankind. Our Lord and Savior, willing to be beaten and willing to suffer in our stead, that heaven might be our eternal home. How the words have echoed throughout the ages. I, I kind of wonder in the disciples' ears if after the first year or so they begin to put together exactly what they had been a part of and exactly what they had seen. I wonder how many times that they would remember back to that night and they'd remember back to Jesus taking and breaking the, the bread and, and passing the cup. I can only imagine what it must have been like to hear him say, this is my body which is broken for you. 
In Hebrews chapter 9, 16 and 17, we read, For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the tester liveth. The cup is the New Testament, the, the gateway, if you would, of the New Testament. It's the new covenant that was established by our Lord and Savior. Under the old covenant, the old Adam had given in to sin and brought eternal death upon all mankind. The law was established and mankind had to keep the law and live by the law and live under the burden of the law. And they would bring animals and sacrifices and blood was shed for the covering of sin, but never the remission of sin. But under the new covenant, the New Testament, Jesus comes, the only lamb, to be able to pay for man's sin's debt for all of eternity. Now we have eternal life. What a blessing it is to be able, I, I like to think, I'm glad I'm on this side of the cross and not that side of the cross. We get to look back, they looked forward. Jesus was sharing with them and, and expressing the great price that was to be paid for our sins. The second thing we see is the warning, verses 27 through 32. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. As we come to this portion of Scripture... We have a, a reminder, if you would, of the importance of self-examination. You know, we, that we would stop ourselves and examine ourselves. You, you see, the importance of this is the fact that no one really knows what goes on in your head. My wife has spent 43 years with me, and yet she doesn't know what goes on in my head. She doesn't know what lies in my heart. She doesn't know what wickedness is in there. And so for her to examine me, it would not, it would not be sufficient. It would not be complete. It's for me to examine me. This is the time we ought to pray, God, help me. Help me to be open and honest with myself. Help me to examine myself. There's there's stuff in my life that I need to confess and I need to get out of my life and I need to get rid of. God, bring it to my memory. Help me to remember it. Then help me to confess it and forsake it. That I might not partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily. Jesus Christ, our great sacrifice, shed his life's blood for our sins once and then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He doesn't have to re-offer himself every time we sin, but if we'll confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to look at ourselves and say, am I 
Am I pleasing in the sight of God? Is there anything in my heart? Is there bitterness? Is there hatred? Is there strife? Is there something in my heart between another? Is there something in my heart between God? Is there something in my heart that's just not lining up with the way that a Christian ought to really live? My life, does it line up with this book? Are there things that I'm out of kilter with and I've justified in my own mind, but I'm not in line with the Word of God and I need to go back to the Word of God. I need to align myself with it. We judge ourselves or God will judge us. People today, they talk about, well, you know, you can't judge nobody. Don't judge nobody. Well, if you don't judge yourself, God's going to judge you one day his own self. Good for us every day if we judge ourselves before we went to sleep. And we might sleep with a good conscience and wake up truly refreshed. Judge ourselves. The third thing we see is the manners. The manners. Verses 33 and 34. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, and ye come not together unto condemnation. The rest will I set in order when I come. So as we come here tonight, we partake of the Lord's Supper. Uh, you're not going to get full on a little wafer. Okay? But he's reminding them in Corinth because they were a vile, wicked church. They would come together and they would bring, they would have like a big potluck, except that they would keep their pot to themselves. And some were rich and they had much to eat and others had little to eat. And they, they would look down and they would despise those who had little or nothing to eat. Rather than sharing, they would despise. The truth of the matter is, is that this is not a place to fill our belly. This is a place of memorial, of stopping to reflect, to remember. And so as we come together tonight, we tarry for one another. That means I want my brother before me. I want him to be able to have. I want, I, I want to, to humbly put someone else before me as we tarry one for another at this time of partaking of the Lord's Supper. And with that said, that doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to pass it down the road. It doesn't mean you go, oh, no, no, I'll wait till the very end. No, just take it and go on. But don't be in a rush to get it before someone else, right? Self-examination. Self-examination. I want to take about four or five minutes here and provide us that opportunity. I know that most of you have been for a while and you know what lies ahead when we talk about having the Lord's Supper. And undoubtedly, even this week and this last week, you've been in preparation for this time. Uh, examining yourself, confessing sins, getting things right with others, and so forth. And so as we get ready to partake of this tonight, um, we need to do those final checks. We need to make sure that we are right with God, right with our fellow believers, right with the Word of God, that we would not eat and drink damnation to ourselves. So I'm going to have a word of prayer. The altar's open. If you want to come, you can pray there at your seat. Uh, if you want to get on your knees, that's fine. If you want to sit there, that's fine. But we'll take a time to pray, and then I'll call on someone to lead us in prayer, and then we'll proceed 
into the final part of the Lord's Supper observance tonight. Lord Jesus, we love you tonight. We thank you. We thank you for Jesus Christ who went to the cross of Calvary as the perfect spotless lamb of God who willingly gave of his life and shed his blood. And they broke his body and they bruised his body. And the, the writer goes on to talk about by his stripes we are healed. He was unrecognizable at the moment that he was crucified. God, we're so thankful that Jesus would do that for us. That he would pay that price for our salvation. He would pay the sin debt that we could not pay. That he would pay not only our sin debt, but the sin debt of the entire world, both now and before. Salvation is through Jesus Christ and him alone. It's not through rituals or ritualistic living or reading your Bible through so many times or being baptized so many times. It's through a personal relationship with you. Lord, as we examine ourselves tonight, might we recognize the importance of that self-examination. Might we be willing to examine ourselves. Help us to call to memory maybe things that ought to be confessed and forsaken and things that, that ought not be a part of our life and help us just to be focused upon you. Thank you for this time and this time of examination. I pray, dear God, you would use it in our lives and our hearts for your glory. We love you and we ask these things in your blessed name. Amen. So we will do our self-examination now.
Brother Potts, would you stand and lead us in a word of prayer as we would close this time of self-examination? ask the deacons go ahead and come forward <clears throat> Bible records for us there um, mark 14:22. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And Brother Foster, would you mind uh, blessing the bread tonight? So deacons are going to come, they're going to pass the plate to you. If you just hold it, we'll all partake at the same time.
Scripture says, and they all drank of it. It goes on and says, And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I shall drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Closes with this verse, verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. You can take your glasses or a little holder in the chair in front of you if you want to put it down there by the hymn book and leave it there. I uh, would ask that you remember to pray for those that we mentioned at the beginning. Also, I failed to mention Tom uh, Kaler. He had a first treatment of several to come uh, for the cancer that he's battling. And uh, so uh, he's got to stay in and away from people for about a week. And so if you would pray for him every time I, we believe that he has this treatment, he's got to do that. And so if you would pray for him, then pray for those who's traveling this week. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but I like you guys. And I want you, I want you all to come back. And uh, so be safe as you go. Enjoy this holiday time together. I ask Brother Chris Peterson if he'd lead us in a word of prayer. Then Brother Charlie's going to lead us in a song. Let's stand. Brother Charlie will lead us in a song. We'll sing the first verse and then feel free to leave on the second. But Brother Chris, if you would, pray for us. Amen. Word you be free from the burden of sin. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you let evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb.